0: So Emma Thompson, the actress, plays the Baroness von Hellman in Cruella, the new Disney film that is uh, going to be released very soon. And she's 62 years of age. She had an interview on Lorraine, which is, I guess, a TV show in the United Kingdom. Uh, It's weekdays at 9 a.m on ITV and STV. I'm sure it's a great show, but she had an interview along with uh, Emma Stone and they were virtually being interviewed because heaven forbid you do an interview in studio anymore. But she claimed that her costume was, well, not just the costume, but the underwear was not good. And she also said something that I thought was very interesting.
1: I don't like underwear, full stop. I mean, I stopped wearing underwear a long time ago. It's not my scene. I don't like comfortable underwear. I find comfortable underwear uncomfortable. So, you know, the underwear that was required to turn me into that shape was what can only be described as industrial. So... um, (laughs) It was like the fourth bridge, you know, and, and, and just just getting me into it. But as I, I was saying earlier, it's like squeezing a tube of toothpaste in the middle. If you squeeze it hard enough, then things will come up and go down and, and make the shapes. But it's like you're dealing with a plasticine person, you know. So, I mean, look, if you put Mr. Blobby into that corset, he would look good.
0: Amen. Amen, Emma Thompson. (laughs) I mean, I know when you're, you know, doing a part and you have to wear whatever outfit they want you to wear, you have to do it. You're getting paid for the job and that's what you do. But when you find out in real life, like Emma Thompson.
1: I don't like underwear, full stop. I mean, I stopped wearing underwear a long time ago. It's not my scene. I don't like comfortable underwear. I find comfortable underwear uncomfortable.
0: Amen. And really, who among us? <laughs> who among us doesn't live like Emma Thompson? <laughs> you, you don't need to answer that. Welcome. Welcome to chewing the fat. So I'm reading a story about Russell Brand and he's, you know, he's as pretty much liberal as you come, at least from Hollywood, but he claims he's not. Hmm, that is interesting. Now he said in his podcast and who knew that Russell Brand had a podcast, maybe you did, I apologize for not knowing that he had a podcast. It was titled Under the Skin, and he was interviewing uh, Glenn Greenwald about The Post's Hunter Biden story, as well as Greenwald's own reporting on Joe Biden's connections to Chinese business entrants, which led Greenwald to being fired by the media company. He founded. interesting how that happened, isn't it? He talked about it being uh, censored, and banned from social media and he talked about uh, being not pro-republican person he said i don't see myself in that way i don't see myself as conservative really russell because we don't either (laughs) that's just the way it is but he went on to say that it seems worth asking what reason is hunter biden uh sitting on the board of an energy company in Ukraine what reason is James Biden sitting on the board or receiving payments from an energy company in China those are interesting questions that don't seem to be being asked at least they're not being asked by uh you know the mainstream media and it's funny how brand talked about big tech conspiring to kill the Hunter Biden story you know before the election <laughs> funny how that worked out but my only thought was as this was happening was that he is laying groundwork to play hunter in the hunter biden movie now i this is just a theory on my part i have a zero information i mean i know that uh, my son hunter movie is a sponsor of the show. I am a huge fan. We've talked to Phelan Mackler before on the show about the fundraising their crowdfunding to get this movie made, My Son Hunter. And uh, I'm a fan and I want this movie made. And if they could, if there was an overweight hunter, I would apply for the job. I, I would love to be, you know, the overweight hunter Biden. And I don't think I have time to lose four or 500 pounds to become Hunter Biden, although it might be worth it. Anyway, uh no, it wouldn't be. That's, that's way too much work, <laughs> losing four or 500 pounds to play a role. I mean, who am I, Russell Crowe? So anyway, uh, I just have a theory that he is laying the groundwork here to play Hunter in that movie. Now, I'm going to reach out to Phelan McClure. Maybe we'll have him on next week and uh, see if that's the case see if that is the case. So it's just a theory, uh, a chewing-the-fat theory that Russell Brand uh, is laying the groundwork so that he can play Hunter and My Son Hunter. Uh, it's just a thought. It's just so strange that he's out there now throwing this out there about how uh, big tech conspired to kill the Hunter Biden story from a Russell Brand. Interesting. Just an interesting Uh, you know, story, and it got me thinking that it's possible that he's laying the groundwork to play Hunter in MySonHunterMovie.com. Now, those of you that have listened to this show uh, from the beginning or for a while know that no show, no show supports zoos more than this show. I mean, (laughs) Chewing the Fat is a huge supporter of zoos, Uh, no doubt about it. So when I see a story that leads me to believe harm came to animals at a zoo because of a customer, another human being at the zoo, I think to myself, hey, let's, we need to, that person is a bad person. And so we hear a story of a lady who jumped into a monkey enclosure and was feeding the monkeys hot Cheetos. I mean, the zoo was, the way the zoo reacted uh, was, uh, you know, I will. (sighs) So she posted the video on Instagram. It was posted on Instagram. Lucy Ray was her name. R-A-E. Now, um, the zoo said that her actions were dangerous to herself and the two monkeys. And the monkeys are on a specialized diet. And exposure to new foods could make them sick. Okay, I'll give you that. The woman also could have put the animals at risk of catching COVID-19. Okay, come on now. We're we're pushing it now. And I will say, what if she just tossed the... I mean, people toss food into those enclosures all the time. Does that screw up their specialized diet? So, also, the zookeeper... Uh, said the interaction could harm the trust the monkeys have built with the zoo staff. She did nothing. Uh, the monkeys loved her. She went in. She walked through the little water. She gave them a few. What is we're say, we're saying is Cheetos. Uh, you know, on fire Cheetos. <laughs> you know the hot Cheetos, and they loved her. They they played along, came up, and then she walked out. She did nothing other than get in there and get as close as she could, gave them some Cheetos and, you know, laughed, chuckled, and moved on. It takes years, according to the zookeeper, to build trust with these animals. And for someone to come in there for five minutes, for a video on Instagram or or whatever, just ruins years of work. Really? 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 What she did ruins years of work? I find that hard to believe. But okay, you know, like I said, I support zoos. I'm a <laughs> No one supports zoos more than chewing the fat. I just find that hard to believe. But you know, if you say so, you're the zoo keeper. So the El Paso police indicate that the zoo has filed a complaint and the case remains under investigation. They won't identify the woman. Well, I mean, certainly Instagram and the news stories has identified the woman, the woman, and because of that identification, the company that she works for has fired her. They came out to say we absolutely do not condone this irresponsible and reckless behavior. We support the El Paso Zoo. I mean, really, who doesn't? And our thoughts go out to the spider monkeys. Okay. Come on now. And we hope that they will recover from this very traumatic experience? Are you kidding me? This traumatic... Are we seriously saying that her... Jumping into this monkey enclosure and walking across the water embankment and giving them a couple of hot Cheetos and doing nothing else, just giving them some Cheetos and getting close to them and then walking back out of the enclosure has have these monkeys now have traumatic experience. I will say the video did not look like these monkeys were traumatized. Do I think that uh, the hot monkeys are probably not a good part of the spider monkey diet? Sure, I'll give you that. Should she have gotten into the enclosure? Absolutely not. And if harm would have come to her and or the monkeys, then that is just horrific. And she should be slapped on the hand and, you know, fined and told, you know, bad girl, don't. We don't allow people into the enclosures. We have professionals that take care of our animals and you are not one. You're here to observe them. Okay, I get that. But to tell me that these monkeys were traumatized and it ruins years of, if that particular thing, her getting in there and tossing a couple of hot Cheetos at these monkeys and then walking back out has ruined years of work you're doing it wrong I'm sorry I would like to talk to the zookeeper and uh, at the uh, El Paso zoo and maybe just a zookeeper maybe any zookeeper they're gonna I mean big zoo is gonna is gonna be on the side of the zookeeper <laughs> you can't you can't go against big zoo you can't do it don't do it so maybe you know if I'm mistaken I'm mistaken but I find that if a minute to two minutes of a human being interacting with a couple of spider monkeys and giving them hot Cheetos has ruined years of work from the zookeeper. I think your work is way over your head. Okay. Uh, I think that perhaps your training isn't quite as good as you think it is. You know, maybe that's just me. And then to lose her job over it. Wow. Now we are. Now we're talking some. Some reckless behavior. Aren't we? I mean yeah we're talking about irresponsible and reckless behavior. Should it cost you. Your job. I don't. This whole thing is weird. But you know maybe I just. Stick with Big Zoo. And say that. Uh look, this has ruined years of training and we don't know what to do. They were on a special diet. And the minute that she was in that enclosure has ruined years of work with these spider monkeys. And she absolutely should be terminated from her job. And she should be, uh, she should be fined. She should be arrested I don't want her on the property anymore. I want a trespass warrant. In fact, I don't want her within a mile of any zoo in America forever. That's how horrible this person is. Come on now. Come on. I mean, I don't even know if McDonald's will hire her now. I know there's a nationwide labor shortage. And I know we saw McDonald's in Illinois saying uh, they're going to give you an iPhone if you come work for us. I'm not sure you have to work there for six months and you have to follow a few other rules. You know, there, I'm sorry, you have to follow uh, employment criteria. But if you meet the criteria and work for it for six months, we'll give you a free iPhone. Uh, okay, you know, I guess that's some sort of hiring bonus. But they're looking, people are needing employees all over the country. And so they're trying to find ways. To lure people back to work in America. And a McDonald's spokesperson even said, hey, franchises around the country are offering various incentives around hiring, but this is not a corporate-backed initiative. Well, okay, no problem. Big deal. It's part of the franchises. Most McDonald's, I would say, are franchises of McDonald's, and they, you know, then you have bigger companies that own multiple fast food restaurants along with many mcdonald's so you know while they're franchises you're working for another corporation so if they want to give you bonuses great no problem and i know people were making fun of it uh you know saying hey why don't you just pay a living wage well uh, you're working at mcdonald's that's not supposed to be your life goal If it is, great, work hard, meet the criteria, get your free iPhone, become a manager, become a full-time employee for McDonald's or for that corporation that is, you know, in charge of these franchises and, you know, no problem, right? Okay. (laughs) I mean, look, Chipotle and Taco Bell are a bunch of, and many other companies have announced you know, perks and raises and they're looking for employees. I mean, McDonald's itself has announced a massive hiring effort across the country. They're trying to hire just 25,000 people here in Texas. Now, I know many of you say, well, why don't they just, you know, pay people a living wage and raise the hourly wage up? Um, okay. Um, what do you, are we supposed to pay them? What 20 bucks an hour? What's a good wage working at McDonald's, giving me my quarter pounder with cheese? 15 bucks an hour? Okay, no problem. I know that, uh, you know, many people are saying that this is just a ruse. We're not falling for it. They should just give people, uh, yeah, it's a ruse. They're trying to get people to work. I know the government has been paying people extra money for quite some time to stay home. So... Maybe it's time to get back to work. Let's America's back open and running. Let's go. Prices are going through the roof. People need to get back to work and start creating some uh what would you say having jobs would do? Creating money that they can go out and purchase goods, which would mean the company that makes the goods are able to make more goods and it would increase production, and then that would help the economy. Weird how that works, isn't it? <laughs> now, somebody might want to wake up the president and explain to him how that works. All right, let's go to the break room. I need something cold to drink desperately. Oh man. sharing this with any spider monkeys I promise. to all you know to big zoo i'm not gonna share it with spider monkeys all right i promise um as long as we're in the break room we could talk a little bit uh, about uh ellen DeGeneres. her show is canceled it's not canceled i'm sorry she's ending it on her own terms but uh, i really thought that uh drew barrymore would uh do better in her talk show endeavor but Kelly Clarkson has uh, knocked it out of the park and apparently she's, she's it. She's the one that's taken the slot that, uh, Ellen is going to leave open. So congratulations to, uh, Kelly Clarkson show. Uh, apparently the show has, you know, earned its dominance in daytime by hitting all the benchmarks and the, uh, you know, she's a Grammy award-winning artist And she's part of, you know, American Idol and she's got, uh, she's doing good things for the communities. It airs in a hundred percent of the country across 200 stations. It's positioned to headline daytime in leading time periods in the fall of 2022. Good for her. Don't screw it up, Kelly. Don't screw it up. It's easy to do. So, you know, her ratings have been up good for her. I really thought, uh, Drew Barrymore would do better. I if drew, if you want to do better and, you know, start picking up the pace a little bit and taking some of that, taking some of that, uh, audience from Kelly, call me, you know, we'll get it right for you. I'm here for you. <laughs> I ha- I have faith in you. I just think you're doing a little bit wrong. Okay. That's all, that's all. We just need to sit down and revisit that whole afternoon talk show thing. Um, Juan Williams leaving Fox news. Good. Uh, you know, bye. See you later. Juan take care. They gave him glowing reports though. They say it's on his terms, but, uh, don't look. He said, he's still going to, you know, be one of their, uh, you know, contributors at Fox, but he's not going to be part of the five, uh, once they move back into the studios. Okay. No problem. Juan take care just letting you know the five, that show, the five, man, I will say this, this is just a side note to the five. They talked about how it, uh, the show has been, uh, wow, 10 years now, just incredible 10 years. And it, we, when it first started, we thought, uh, well, you know, I don't know how good it will do, but I will say this, that, uh, the guy that runs the network that this show originates from uh, you know, the blaze, uh, Glenn Beck was the one who made it possible for that 5 p.m. slot Eastern to work. Uh, nobody thought. It was like throwing Glenn a bone, man. We'll just give him the 5 p.m. slot, and you know, eh, it's fine. That's, nobody watches then anyway. Well, that's when they started to watch. So, all you people that are having success at the 5, Good for you. Keep up the good work. But uh, how about a little credit where credit is due, my friends? Uh, The man Glenn Beck laid the groundwork for that 5 p.m. hour to be watchable in America. Just a thought. Just a thought. Alan Dershowitz suing Netflix for 80 million bucks over the Epstein documentary. (laughs) He said that the film maliciously portrayed sexual misconduct claims against him and he is not having any of it the filthy rich documentary made false accusations of sexual misconduct against him Dershowitz and that was because he represented Epstein in the late 2000s so he's asking for 80 million bucks so what do you think you think uh Netflix will work out a deal oh here's 40 million go away Alan take care we're sorry and a quick uh congratulations to uh, Buck Sexton and Clay Travis It looks like they're going to be uh working for Premiere Radio Networks in the noon to three eastern slot which is the three hour slot of Rush Limbaugh uh good for them Buck was already working for Premiere he did a nighttime show for them um I who's gonna replace that time slot? Hmm. Anyway, uh, and uh, Clay Travis has been, uh, you know, he's been with Outkick and probably going to keep that up. Although <laughs> that's tough if you're gonna do three hours a day on Premiere, it uh, noon to three with Buck, and still keep up the Outkick. But you possibly could, and Buck's got bucksaxon.com as well. Anyway, uh, congratulations, and I know that they will do. Uh, they'll do a good job. They'll do a great job, so good for Buck. I love Buck. Very a good. I have a friend I like, Buck Sachs, and I've known Buck for quite a long time now. And uh, you know, heck he got he worked for us at the Blaze and uh, then you know, went to work for Premier and he's done a bunch of other stuff, so good for him. And uh, I do not know Clay, but um, working together uh, might be a good thing, might be a good thing, and of course, you know. We're not going to replace Rush Limbaugh. We're going to have an evolution of the show with fresh voices. That from Julie Talbot, uh, president of iHeartMedia, Inc.'s premier networks. All right, there you have it. Congratulations and uh, good luck to Clay Travis and Buck Sexton. (laughs) So Kevin Spacey has a brother. (laughs) Did you know that? I did not. But apparently he is not happy about his brother working again, saying he has no conscience after signing up for pedophile movie in wake of abuse allegations. Well, the role, the man who drew God, the new film, uh, he plays. He doesn't play the guy. Right, I think he plays a police officer or he's supposed to play a police officer, but that doesn't matter. Uh, he's working again and he's going to put his face on film and we don't like it. So his brother, uh, who has, he looks like Rod Stewart. He looks like he's trying to be Rod Stewart. He's a really, he looks a really, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not weird. Not uh, crazy, not uh, out of his mind. Um, He's got that Rod Stewart kind of, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Dapper, dashing, (laughs) sharp, stylish, swell. Yeah, something like that. Uh, I'll just leave it at that. And what's really weird is The way he looks does not, if you look at the picture of him and here, I'll hold up. for those of you, you know, listening and watching live here on the 27th of May, 2021, let me hold up his picture and you can see, uh, you can see his brother, Randy from Idaho. There's no way that you would guess that he's from Idaho but he claims for him to come out and do a movie about pedophiles I just can't understand where his head is at and of course he's saying that he's doing it he needs the he needs the attention and uh you know he can't stand to be without the attention well yeah uh, I'm guessing that's true but all right he finds it disturbing that they've given him a part in this movie well I mean the guy kind of has a right to work doesn't he I know they're giving you know, signing bonuses for a new iPhone after six months and following other employee criteria. But, uh, you know, I don't think Kevin is going to be working at the drive-thru at McDonald's, okay? Now, I will say that it is interesting that the brother who is now, you know, doing an interview and outspoken about how he... Uh, doesn't like his brother and they haven't spoken in years since their mother's funeral and how much he loves the paparazzi and he loves the attention and he clearly misses the award shows. Uh, Randy from Idaho uh, does remind us about his autobiography A Moment in Time, Living in the Shadows where I guess their dad was a sexual abuser and abused him. Uh, from the age of 6 and assaulted him at the age of 14 and he said all my life I thought I had protected Kevin from my father and it turns out that he's worse than my father but be sure to read my autobiography and purchase it a moment in time living in the shadows oh and you know you know what Um, I've got a screenplay that I'm trying to uh, that I'm trying to sell it's out there you know uh, I just want, wish somebody would take a look at my screenplay that uh, I probably could, you know, bring up to my brother unless he wasn't such a pedophile and wasn't such an abuser himself. I mean, I haven't really talked to him since our mother died, and uh, you know, I'm a little, little crazy myself. So, you know, I really would like to have my screenplay looked at. <laughs> So I just find it uh I find it interesting interesting that the brother, Randy, from Idaho, would find this time to come out and badmouth his brother, but oh hey, by the way, don't forget about my book and hey, take a look at this screenplay I'm trying to hawk as well. Huh. Interesting how we're still trying to ride the coattails of our Famous brother, who we don't like. I mean, we—he is a bad guy, right? Speaking of bad people, how about uh, four or five people from Romania who were stealing donations out of church mailboxes? <laughs> I mean, it was a good plan. It was a smart idea. Apparently, they snagged like seven hundred and forty thousand dollars worth of donations. Holy cow! I know, okay, don't look at me like that. I mean, any kind of crime is, you know, wrong, right? But stealing from a church, oof, that's uh, that's just a tad, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't know, sacrilegious. But who am I to judge? You know, I am not one. So this was in Florida and they drove around to the church mailboxes, and they took more than 1,500 checks from 636 churches, 355 in Florida alone. The six people operated out of Orlando, traveled throughout the state and elsewhere, sometimes hitting as many as 85 churches in a day. (laughs) That's doing some driving. Let's do it some driving. And how evil they were. They hit some churches multiple times. Those bastards. So they used aliases to deposit the donation checks into bank accounts. I am really... It's kind of... I'd like to see how that one worked out. And then they would withdraw the money at ATMs before the banks caught on. So apparently... And this is how evil criminals they were. They used the money for themselves. I know. (laughs) Now, I guess they wired some money back home, but, uh, they've got a couple that are in custody and there's a few, a couple that are still at large that they're looking for conspiracy to commit racketeering grand theft and money laundering. I mean, why not mail fraud too? I mean, if you're taking mail, it's gotta be part of the postal service don't, let's bring those in to let's bring the postal service in too don't leave them out they were stealing stuff from the postal service man that's a federal crime too <laughs> I mean I you get a little greedy I mean I, I don't know how you, uh, you realize at some point maybe somebody's going to catch on to your plan as you're taking all this uh, the donation envelopes from the churches and I don't know about today's world, but I wonder how much of that was actual cash. I mean, were they, if they, if you take, uh, you know, a stack of mail from the church, I'm guessing some of that has got to be cash money, right? I mean, that's not reported. So if they're reportedly stolen 740,000 worth of donations, you got to figure there's got to be more that was just cash, right? That they just deep pocketed and there's no way to know. <laughs> uh, that's not a that's not a good deal at all. But that's a lot of money from churches. So you churches out there, be on the lookout. You hear me? Be on the lookout. And the other bad guy that got busted uh, in the United Kingdom because he posted a picture holding a hunk of cheese. I know, I know he posted himself holding a hunk of cheese that showed his fingers. And the police got his fingerprints from the picture after his palm and fingerprints were analyzed and established they belonged to this guy who they wanted for these crimes. So he's jailed for 13 years and six months after he now has admitted in court that he uh, conspired to supply heroin, cocaine, ketamine, and MDMA. Really? Uh... Oh, and he also got a sentence for transferring criminal property. Good, we don't want to throw that in. <laughs> so he posted the photo on what was supposed to be an encrypted messaging service uh, called EncroChat which I guess has now been cracked by police. And uh, that's kind of disturbing in and of itself. But I mean, I guess I'm supposed to be happy that they got a bad guy off the streets. But I don't know that I like the idea of... I'd like to know how they cracked the encrypted messaging service. But they posted it, said his uh, love of Stilton cheese, and who doesn't love Stilton cheese... Uh, with his fingerprint and palm print in the photo, and they uh, they got that information from the encrypted messaging service. So just when you think you're safe, you're not. I mean, I'm speaking about criminals now, but you know that could hold true for almost anyone. I will say that it finally happened, and it's I would say this is good news. A woman has been sentenced to. Almost two years in prison after she falsely accused someone of rape and attempted to extort the victim. I mean that's good news. So finally, finally,' some there's some justice involved in being accused. You know, just because someone is accused, we talk about it all the time. Just because someone is accused, it doesn't make them guilty. I know. I know. I know that's crazy talk, but that's just the way it is. And finally, we have someone who accused a man of sexual assault and uh, trying to extort money from him. And she's been sentenced to 21 months in prison. So she falsely accused this man of sexually assaulting her on the Wind River Indian Reservation. And, uh, you know, that's a federal offense. The FBI was involved because it's on an Indian reservation. So when her story started to crumble... They still, she still, she still, still said that he assaulted her, but no, uh, no, that is uh, not true. And we, she said that, uh, we don't want to belittle the crime of sexual assault and those who are true victims. Yeah, no kidding. So maybe, maybe we'll start getting a little bit of, uh, a little bit of justice for those who have been falsely accused of something horrible, instead of, yeah, well, you know, he was innocent, but so. No, we need, there needs to be some kind of payment for that. Maybe now people will realize you just can't go around accusing people of crimes without some sort of retribution. Give you a heads up, it is not okay to compliment anyone who you think has lost weight. Do not do it, okay? I just read a story from Demi Lovato who said, uh, complimenting someone on their weight loss can be as harmful as complimenting someone on their weight gain. <laughs> now, she's, you know, of course, recovering from an eating disorder so she you know knows so even if your intention is pure according to Demi your comments could could have someone awake at 2 a.m overthinking you don't know someone's history with food so don't comment on their body because even if your intention is pure it's just uh it's just wrong okay it's not a good thing to compliment people. You don't know. Maybe they're sick. <laughs> so I got me thinking, you know, I get it. So when you, when you see someone who you think is pregnant, you, do you think twice before saying, Hey, so when are you due? Because if they're not due and they've just put on a few LBs, <laughs> that's a little embarrassing. Just a little embarrassing. And you don't want to embarrass them, but you don't want to embarrass yourself. So then I see a story, which has got, I mean, it's just absolutely tied in with Demi and her story. Uh, you shouldn't compliment someone's weight loss. Here's what to say instead. Oh, so their experiment is, uh, you know, if someone has lost weight, should you say, Oh my gosh, did you lose weight? You look Amazing. Ooh, yeah don't do that man that is not good okay you might think you're being thoughtful by acknowledging someone's weight loss but it may it might have unintended unforeseen consequences oh yeah even demi said that you don't want to it could leave you up at 2am wondering if there's a problem so body image related remark (laughs) no matter how flattering It's meant to be uh, could do a lot of harm. And you don't want to do people harm by complimenting how they look. (laughs) So here here you go. All right. Uh, What happens is when you compliment a person, you enforce the thin ideal, right? Uh, We do not want to enforce the thin ideal. Don't do it. I don't want to hear it. Uh, We've wired to please people and engage in behaviors that will lead us to be socially accepted, like losing weight that's positively reinforced. Don't do it. It also encourages disordered behaviors, does it? So if you say uh, someone looks great after they've lost weight, or you look great, you're so thin, uh, it could trigger some serious disordered eating. Oh. Okay. What may be an ideal size or weight for you <laughs> may not be for someone else or their culture. Okay? So don't do it. And 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 get this, the weight loss might not be intentional. So they might be sick. You don't know. You don't know what happened. So when you say, hey, you look great, look like you've lost some weight, I mean the comment could be, yeah, I, I've lost a lot of weight. I don't know. I'm dying. <laughs> I'm really sick. You don't know. You don't know. So you could really throw someone into depression, or another. You know, the big thing is, according to this story, you're throwing people into eating disorders. All right. You're also here's the deal. All right. When you say, uh, well-meaning, hey, you look great. It looks like you've lost some weight. You're implying that the person looked bad or worse before. So we don't want that. We do not. It's a vicious cycle where we equate our worth with appearance, especially thinness. We don't want that. We do not want that at all. Okay. Don't do it. Now, what do you say instead? Do you say, hey, I know you're 800 pounds. You look great. I'm all for that, by the way. I'm for the, wow, you're 800 pounds. Ah, you're fine. Don't worry about it. (laughs) So... You should, you know, questions like, how are you? How's life? How are you keeping up with everything? Welcome the person to share whatever it is they feel comfortable disclosing. So, hey, how's life? Oh, great. I've lost some weight. I'm feeling pretty good. Oh, no, you can't be. You're too thin. I don't want to promote thinness in your life. So you need to express that you're happy to see them. You need to compliment their vibe. Focus on non-appearance-related praise. Wait, I want to know what non-appearance-related phrase is. Celebrate others for their core values and not for how they look or their clothing size. Take a moment, even before you meet or greet someone, to reflect mindfully on what is internally beautiful about them. And then tell them, the more we focus on the interior, the less we equate our worth With weight. So if I meet someone and I'm supposed to reflect mindfully on what is eternally beautiful about them, hey, and so instead of, hey, (laughs) you look like you put on a few pounds, am I supposed to say, hey, it looks like you're suffering? Because you're pounding down a bunch of food when nobody's looking. No, I can't say that. No, that's not it. You got to focus on my, on internally beautiful. What's eternally beautiful about them? What if, I mean, I guess it's, that even takes away from the old adage if you can't say something nice, don't say anything at all. all right? Because you think something nice is, hey, you look great. Look like you've lost some weight. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no, no, no. Now you're just promoting thinness. <laughs> we have lost our minds. We've lost our minds. We've lost our minds on what we can say. Now, no one... I'm going to try to... No, you know what? I'm not going to... I was going to try to, you know, make up and say that I, I kind of understand it. Just be nice to people. Can we just be nice? it would be nice people don't mean harm when they say hey you look great looks like you've lost some weight hey you look great looks like you've put on a few pounds that's not a that's not a bad thing that's just they're trying to make conversation so i think maybe if we do just stick with if you can't say something nice don't say it isn't that what your mom always said if she didn't what's wrong with your mother So just remember that you don't want to imply that the person looked bad or worse before. (laughs) You don't know what kind of, what kind of anxiety you're going to bring on them at two in the morning. You just don't. So you want to ask inviting questions. How are you? How's life? How are you keeping up with everything? Boy, you don't look sick. (laughs) <laughs> oh, man, we are in deep, deep doo-doo, man. Deep, deep doo-doo. You know, and i tell you a racket to get into. Speaking of being in deep, deep doo-doo, a racket to get into is a diversity trainer. More companies are hiring diversity training. I mean, who's doing that? Who's the professional diversity trainer? It's a good question. Uh, I heard it asked the other day about uh, diversity training who was doing it it's a good question. that's a good racket. Do I just get to say I'm a I'm a diversity professional. I understand diversity. Hi, how are you? I ask inviting questions. Do you do I get to do that? I mean we know that. I mean, companies are hiring diversity officers left and right. I mean, the average, the according to this, the average compensation for a chief diversity officer, 600 grand a year. That's pretty good. That's a pretty good gig. Now, I know that we've been going through them according to this, uh, Because, uh, you know, people are, you know, walking away from those jobs. I don't know why. Maybe it's harder than you think. But in the last year, I mean, that job has gone through the roof. Companies are, because they don't know what to do. So they're just hiring diversity officers so they can say they've got a diversity officer. So last year, some of the big companies have tied compensation to diversity targets including uh, Chipotle, Starbucks, McDonald's, Nike, Apple all hired uh you know diverse chief diversity officers so I don't know what their strategy is they don't know what their strategy is they don't know what they have to do I mean universities have their diversity trainers and the head of diversity and, I, you know, that's a good gig, man. If you can convince people that you are a professional diversity trainer, good luck. And that's a good, you're making some money. You're going to make some money. So I know the big companies, I, and I said the average is 600 grand a year. That's for the big blue chip companies. But if you, walk into a, if you walk into any of these companies and say, I am a professional diversity trainer. And, uh, I believe that this company, uh, you need to have, uh, some diversity training. And so, uh, you need a diversity officer and I'm here for you. So hire me, I could do the job for a couple hundred thousand a year. I mean, okay. Or if you really want to milk the system, you become the training company because now you're charging for everything. You're charging to come in and do the training. And in today's world, I don't even think you have to show up. You could do it over Zoom. That's a good gig, man. We're going to charge you for diversity training. And we're going to make sure all your executives go through it. And then we're going to make all your employees go through it. And then your executives will be able to uh, show how diverse they are in their company. And uh, you hopefully won't get sued. If you do, (laughs) that's not my fault. I mean, I'm trying to teach you how to be diverse and not be a racist bastard that you are right now. So you should hire me and uh, let me, uh, let me get to work at uh, being your chief diversity officer. And I know, I know that they're going to tell you that, yeah, you probably need some kind of degree, but if you look at who's doing it and who the professionals who have worked in it for a long time, they'll even tell you a PhD or Uh, psychology, sociology, counseling education, some related area unnecessary yeah it's likely going to increase your overall problem solving and assessment skills but eh, it's likely unnecessary oh okay so I just need to attend some courses and a few workshops and maybe a couple of seminars and uh, then I can just kind of say I'm a professional right (laughs) no i think i think so i think so